What's up, everybody, and welcome to Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries for Thursday, fucking October 20th at the fucking 8.02 p.m. EST, fucking H. No, I'm sorry, I've been rewatching The uh, Sopranos. Um, so, yeah, I'm here with uh, my co-host, Mike. How you doing, Mike? I'm doing all right. Um, just uh, a, little, a little more stressed out than normal. Uh, my grandmother's back in the hospital, so I'm dealing with that. Um, but other than that, uh, bit of, uh, business, uh, I'm doing fine. I've actually, have had like three days off from work. So I've just been kind of just chilling. Uh, it was good timing though as well. Cause like, I don't know what I did. I still don't know how I did it, but I like sprained my wrist or something and like banged my ulnar nerve. So it, the the ulnar nerve is a nerve that's inside your wrist i think it's on like the side like the left side of your wrist i believe and it connects to your uh pinky finger and the finger next to it uh so i think it's a ring finger i think that's what that is well that sounds painful yeah it's not as painful right now but initially yeah there was swelling and it was sore and the thing was worrying me the most was i was getting like tingling and numbness in two of the fingers and uh did some googling and they're like yeah it's an older nerve like if if that continues for any longer though you might have nerve damage which definitely freaked me out i was like nerve damage i don't need that no uh but it's it's i don't it's not as tingly and numb anymore in the fingers but i still got like one heck of a bruise on there i I, I don't know how you know my friend we played a show um i think it was Yeah, it was this Sunday or this previous Sunday. And uh, my friend, who is a lead singer for another band, uh, he he walked up to me and he's like, yeah, I I listened to your podcast because I I was on the road for a while. I I, I knew you had a podcast. And he goes, um, goes, yeah, I listened to it for about an hour and then I shut it off and I was just kind of looking at him and he's like, yeah, you guys kind of talk for thirty minutes about just everything, like nothing in general, before getting to the actual mystery. I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, uh, you got one of those in public? Okay, like, oh, all right. That that is not a new uh, commentary, sir. A chit chat detractor. That is in a, person. That is a complaint. That is as old as time itself. Um, yes, we. We do talk about my, Mike's ulnar nerve before we get to the uh, what happened <laughs> at uh, mile marker 45. Well, honestly, that's more uh, fun to talk about than this uh, Yeah, mystery. I would rather talk about the nerve in your finger than this uh, case. I mean, my heart goes out to the family. My heart yes. goes out to the, 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 the lady yes. who, was, Definitely. Um, who was either murdered or suicided. Uh, my... My heart goes out to their family, and I'm not trying to trivialize anything about this, but um, first of all, Unsolved Mysteries is back on Netflix, season three of the yep, new... Un- volume three. They don't even call it a season. They yeah. call it a volume. Yeah, because I guess seasons have to stick to more of a, a natural time schedule. This just does whatever it wants. Yeah. So it finally dropped, and you know who would we be as podcasters if we did not cover the new episodes? I know we talked about doing Dahmer, but these are taking more well also Dahmer is not really a docu-series it's a it's it's a uh non-fiction dramatic series like uh with uh 
cast and actors and everything. So it's not even a documentary series. Yeah, that's true. I mean, but I mean, it's based on true events, obviously. But uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. new season of Unsolved Mysteries comes out. We got to talk about it. Um, that takes priority. It does. Although, sadly, this volume three, it was just more of the same from the other volumes. Yep. Yep, I and mean they this... haven't learned anything. No. Uh, they didn't even give us a new intro or anything, so I skipped yeah, it. I, I watched the intro. I didn't skip the intro because I was like, "Well, let's see if they sh- they switch anything up." And no, I mean honestly, the best part of this episode was that five second silhouette of Robert Stack in the beginning of the opening <laughs> yeah. sequence. That was the highlight of this episode, and, and I, I skipped that, so I didn't even see that part. Yeah. Um, this is a mystery at mile marker 45, and just like the other segments that we've talked about in uh, this podcast about this new Unsolved Mysteries on Netflix, it's just as bland, just as dull, the reenactments are practically non-existent, and they rely heavily upon interviews with family members or like a handful of experts or uh, medical examiners or investigators i feel like, uh, I feel like the family's like personal attorney was like one of the main quote-unquote yes. experts they even had and on that's there. a problem when the majority of the voices you hear in this case and in this episode are the mother of the 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 girl who Died. was found dead and her attorney and the um, uncle who yeah. found the girl's body, and in the in the in her father, the 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 dead girl's father as well. But but I mean, like, yeah, you don't have any police officials. You don't have you do have a medical examiner, I think, and you have a couple other people. But yeah, not a lot of uh, people from like the police the side of things, right. law enforcement, and I mean. This case, this case again. My heart goes out to this family. This, yes. this is nothing personal towards the family. I'm. Just, I'm gonna be. I'll, I'll be the one that'll that'll fall on the sword here. This this case sucked. This was this was pretty bad. This I, uh, I could have seen this. I could have seen this being um, compacted into a 15 minute segment on the yes. old show with Robert yes. Stack narrating over it. Um, and, and then it would have been okay, but yeah. it still wouldn't have been one of the better cases, right? Even then, yeah, even then, it still wouldn't. I mean, we already had a a, a train a train murder case on Unsolved Mysteries that in yes. the original one that was way more interesting, absolutely, than this one. I mean, good lord, you put those these two cases together, and like that one just and and, and just the production and the, yes. you know you got Robert Stack narrating. It's just like that's the other thing I don't like about this new Unsolved Mysteries. It's so generic. I know I've said that before, but I'll say it again. It bears repeating. This is an incredibly generic true crime show. You could throw any title over this over yes. this uh, production. Like there was nothing about it that. I mean, Unsolved Mysteries is a brand. They have a logo. They have assets. They have things that are characteristic to their original show, mm-hmm. and they utilize basically none of those aspects. For there's no real music. There's probably low, maybe a low drone here or there, but man, the music played such a huge role yes. in the in the original series. And I mean, t- the lack of narrator, um, 
Because, you know, I don't, I don't want to hear from the family the whole time. I want to feel like I'm being guided through this experience by a professional, like this, narr- this voice of God narration, you know, kind of leading things along. Like, I don't want to... But, but, Josh, that's cheesy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, those people who call it cheesy, go watch some of the original, you know, good, good like, cream of the crop Unsolved mystery segments and tell me that all that shit doesn't add exponentially to the enjoyment level of of the show i mean i mean i agree with you but oh, i guarantee I know, there'll I be people who just be like that's just cheesy that's corny shit you know unsolved mysteries as a show when it first started out in the late 80s they stood apart because they chose to try something different and they have the chance now to try something different and not look like every other true crime show and try to add a little bit more of the elements that Made nah, look- it's too. That's too hard. It, it's it's so much easier to do this. I mean, I get they've already struck their formula for the new show and how it's going to go moving forward. But uh, it's just like, and you know, people are going to watch it because it's on Netflix. Yeah, because that's how that's how Netflix is. If uh-huh. it's if it's appearing at the top of the screen, people assume it's yeah. good. They click on it and they fucking watch it. That's yeah. how people. Consume. And here's here's the thing about this new unsolved mysteries. I think one thing in particular will improve it dramatically. Have each episode cover like three cases. Yeah, short shorten them up. Shorten them up. Uh, have it be like mysteries, like actual murder cases, un- you know, unsolved murder cases, uh, missing persons. Maybe mix in an unexplained segment in there. But have it be like the original series. The original series was something that spoke to a lot of people. Not just because it was one case per episode, because it was multiple cases. It was like I've said this before, and I'll say it again. It was like a true crime anthology show. That's really what it was. So it had a little bit for everyone, and I understand why they don't necessarily want to do it that way because it maybe take more time to edit. It might be a little harder because you have to find more cases. But you know what? At this point, if you're stretching out a case like this to nearly an hour. You're doing a case like this a disservice anyway uh, by not taking that route. Also, I got a serious bone to pick with the way that Unsolved Mysteries and the producers and the people behind this show handled this case. But I'll, I'll wait to do that after we give our brief little synopsis of this case from uh, the Unsolved uh, website. I also want to point out that like the first season of the new Unsolved Mysteries on Netflix... The case they led with was, like, had so much promise. Like, the guy, for no reason, jumping off the top of a building into, like, a water tower. Or, no, into, into, like, Yeah, but it was also a case that I think once people started doing their own research, they pretty much found out that it was more than likely just a suicide. And they left out a lot of stuff. But still, and, like they they led with like, wow! Now that's mm-hmm. that's a case they totally would have put on the original show, and it would have been great. Yes. And uh, th- then you know, so you think that you have a little bit of hope for it. You watch it, you're like, eh. The 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 odd nature of this case is the only thing that saved that segment. Uh-huh. And then you know, you think that the season one's going to be good, and then you get to the UFO one and the crazy Donald Trump yes. guys lying on the ground. Uh, just a- acting like he's being abducted, and it's like, uh-huh. dude, this this show has already jumped the shark, and it's only the yep. first season. And so, that didn't change in volume nope, three nope. with episode one. They kept it the same in volume two, and now we're moving on into volume three. So, uh, 
Saturday, July 12th, is a balmy East Coast early summer evening in small town Mays Landing, New Jersey. A large gathering of family and friends celebrate two high school graduations. One of the graduating teens, Tiffany Valiente, uh, Val- Valiente, I think. Uh, sorry, um, I, I can't speak, apparently. Uh, is relaxing with relatives by the pool, snapping selfies and making plans for decorating her new college dorm room. As a smart, friendly, hardworking high school star athlete with a full scholarship to Mercy College, Tiffany at six three. I thought she was six foot two. Yeah, at Rob. one at one point they do say she's six two, and then later on they say six three. So I, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I she's that uh, too. widely admired for her prowess on the volleyball court. Uh, she dreams of playing volleyball, and she dreamed of playing volleyball in the U.S. Olympics and possibly joining the Air Force or law enforcement. At around 9.30 p.m. after an argument with her parents, which I'm going to provide some details on that because the segment only provided vague stuff. The argument was about her stealing money from her friend's credit card. So there was an argument that ensued between Tiffany and her mom and and maybe her dad as well about this. And then that caused her to go off in a huff and leave the house so a security camera in the valiente's front yard captures tiffany walking down her driveway into the dark and they show that footage and maybe it's just because i've watched so many horror films but it's just one of those things where they show that footage it just gave me flashbacks to like the blair witch project or some of these other horror movies or the old bigfoot tapes yeah the bigfoot yeah because like Okay, so she's six three, so she's got some long ass legs. She's tall for anybody, guy or girl. Yeah, and she, and her head's like turned away from the camera, and her uh-huh. she's got these lanky arms and legs. So she looks like this kind of like freakish kind of like uh, cryptid in the woods, <laughs> <laughs> you know. In, in this screenshot that they have here of her, and um, they they almost even flashed the screenshot on the screen because they know it's a weird looking picture, um, uh-huh. like in the segment. Like they just kind of flash the shot on there, and it, and it does kind of creep you out a little bit because it's like, oh whoa, and then you realize, oh, it's just it's just the, the you know the yeah. girl Tiffany, like look like almost looking as if someone called her name quickly and she like uh-huh. knocked her head to the side or whatever. Yeah. But everyone who uh, knows Tiffany knows that she hates the dark. Uh, it's not long before her parents realize that nobody knows where she is. They call and text her cell phone, but she doesn't answer. Then Tiffany's cell phone is spotted lying in the grass in front of her home. And everyone knows that Tiffany never goes anywhere without her phone. Uh, really? <laughs> uh, that's That's not technically accurate, but I'll get to that later. At 2.30 a.m., police arrive at the Valiente's house uh, to deliver the tragic news. Tiffany's partially clothed, barefoot, and mangled body was found four miles away in a lonely, dark stretch of a railroad track. Within hours, the New Jersey authorities rule Tiffany's death as a suicide, but that ruling makes no sense to her parents. Of course it doesn't, because now we run into another unsolved mysteries trope, which still isn't going away, where the parents... In an instance like this, which looks like a pretty plausible suicide, are in denial. Right. There's no way. There's no, There's way, no way that she could have committed suicide. She was happy. Uh, she was looking forward to going to college. You know, the same sort of stuff. And, and, I'm, and I'm not saying I'm not saying that this chick did or did not commit suicide, but I am saying that 
on every episode of Unsolved Mysteries dating back to the 90s, the parents never, ever fucking believe it. There's not even a parent on there who's like, uh, you know, like it was if, an accident. If he was, if he was yeah. suicidal, we didn't, we didn't really see it, you know. But maybe uh-huh. he was going through something. I think maybe that uh, Brian uh, was ever. Yeah, there fr- were a couple times where the family would admit that maybe their their kid might have been going through some sort of uh, mental issues. Yeah, the case where the kid was his foot was found in a, yeah. in a, a shoe that washed up on the shore, and he went to college, uh-huh. and he was struggling with his sexuality and, and the parents were yeah i think one of them was like no way but the other one was like well if he was struggling you know like he hit it really well or something like that uh-huh. but that's about as close as as is there you're ever going to get on unsolved mysteries to a parent uh copping to the fact that um you know yeah no they they, they probably did do that but then i guess then it really wouldn't be a mystery would it and it wouldn't be on the show so no but uh I got some extra details, uh, some uh, that uh, some really shocking stuff that I'll, I'll I'll share with you, Josh. That will make you kind of think a little bit differently. Okay, about well, uh, this doing case. His fucking homework. So, um, they uh, don't believe that their daughter committed suicide. Of of course not. They the family thinks that must be a reporter's mistake initially. Uh, but the New Jersey Transit Police, along with the medical examiner's office, quickly confirmed that Tiffany committed suicide by throwing herself in front of an unscheduled oncoming passenger train after walking barefoot for four miles through unlit remote woods along a rocky train track. The reasoning for suicide is that she was struggling with her sexual identity, which is accurate. Uh, she came out as gay six months prior to her death. And... Uh, Around the time that she uh, was said to be at the train tracks, she was dealing with a lot. She was dealing with the guilt of uh, the credit card theft. And on top of that, she was dealing with a breakup. She just uh, 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 broke off the relationship that, that she was in with another girl. Yeah, but they showed text messages on the screen about how like it they, they both took it well or she took it well. Yeah. and. She yeah. was like, you know, it's it's uh, like you gave but me so left much love. out. So, like, if you freeze frame some of those text messages, though, it, it it seems a little bit less like, oh, everything's okay, type deal. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, they I just kind of flashed forward a little bit. Um, well, because they, they have a narrative on this one that they're they're very. They have heavily- a really clear narrative, and when you find out the extra information that I'm going to share. The Look narrative that Mike, they have just te- here, teasing the audience and everything. You're you're being a pro today. The narrative that they set here is frustrating. So the they don't believe there was a suicide. The police, police, and the medical examiner's office they they differ. Uh, Tiffany's family and a team of passionate experts working pro bono to solve this case have discovered troubling gaps in the investigation and believe the suicide ruling is not only unfounded, but absurd. Uh, I find that notion unbelievably absurd myself because a lot of the gaps are, it's sort of, some of them I get, but some of them, they leave out a lot of stuff. For instance, they talk about how Tiffany's feet, her, the one foot that they had access to that was in one piece it was dirty, but it didn't have any cuts on it. It didn't have any abrasions. And that isn't always the case when people go out and walk barefoot. Like, people's 
feet are pretty strong. Uh, but at the same time, if she was hit by a train, which I believe that's exactly what happened, a lot of the debris, like rocks or some other stuff, that would have gotten knocked off by the impact. Also, we don't have access to the other foot because it, her body was so badly mangled that her other foot was not even uh, available to even analyze in terms of whether or not it was cut up or anything. So showing a photo of well, her, of her dirty feet and having the mom narrate and say her feet were completely clean. It's like they weren't technically completely clean. They were still dirty. So I, I don't think it's that much of a stretch to suggest that she was walking barefoot at night. But along my, the my question, though, though, is like, why would you take your shoes off to if you were going to if you're if you're in a mental state where you're contemplating suicide, a lot of that stuff doesn't necessarily come into play. Uh, I've heard, I've read some theories that maybe those shoes and the headband, those were things that she bought with the credit card. And so she felt guilty about that and left them behind. That's a possibility for sure. I've heard another theory, which I think, has some plausibility as well that the mother she wanted this investigated and didn't believe that it was suicide so she actually did something to create an investigation by planting evidence because it's one of those things where it doesn't make sense that the shoes and the headband flew that far it was like two miles or something from the the site of impact when she got hit by the train. So it doesn't make sense that those would be that far away just by being hit. Like, I I guess you could, that could happen, but not that nicely and cleanly set. They were set down uh, uh, near the tracks and in a, in a very specific pattern, a way that wouldn't connect with them being knocked miles away by impact i don't think i don't think that's what they were saying on the show i don't think they were trying to infer that the shoes were were knocked off of no, her. no but i'm just i'm just talking about that theory that that i've heard some people throw oh, out no. there i mean like they were I think, yeah i think they were saying like you know the assailants like I yeah guess, took them off and yeah they were trying to them. say something about it, the assailants um they mentioned about the fact that there was no rape kit that was done. And that one really troubled me because I did some research. They couldn't do anything. Her body was so messed up by the impact. They, that would, they couldn't do a rape kit. There was no vagina to, <laughs> there was no nothing that they could do. They couldn't do anything. So no, no rape kit was done because they couldn't do it. Well, then you have the family's attorney, which is like one of the only kind of quote unquote professionals. And that in itself is unbelievably suspect that you're one of your main professionals that's interviewed for this episode is the family's attorney. Yeah. He he was saying that um, the like New Jersey Transit Authority police uh, were their specialty was not homicide. So yeah. when train related homicides or suicides uh-huh. happen, they just apparent like the the guy made it out to be like the um 
transit authority police were just a bunch of bumbling like idiots who didn't know how to investigate a crime scene properly because most of the infractions that go on mm-hmm. involving trains aren't da- people getting hit which on the i could i can understand that and and i think that did play a part into why certain things did happen where evidence from the scene was left behind or stored in a reckless manner that caused it to decompose or become unusable for dna testing so i do feel that it wasn't the best and the most clean uh and effective investigation but a lot of the things that they're questioning why did they test the dna on the shoes like why why would they do that anyway like if the if the the medical examiner and investigation shows that it was a suicide and people saw her on the train tracks jumping into a train. There's really no reason for them to even bother doing DNA testing on shoes. Also, if they did that, they could find like a multitude of different DNA and that wouldn't prove anything. So I I don't think that's really that big of a deal that the mother makes it out to be like, why didn't they test the shoes? It's like, why would they? And what would they even find that would even be worth anything? I do agree though that, that like once police get into their head that this was a suicide, they just kind of stop. Yeah. Any any other kind of, I mean, and I understand that because of the fact that they have so many cases to work on every year and they can't just, automatically uh just decide throw oh, all their well, resources into yeah, this they, one they, thing yeah, yeah they can't they can't do that they can't throw all their resources into something that they believe and determine to be a suicide they have to move on they have to move forward it's just the nature of the game and it's then, not then you have the notes from the the captain and then the uh, yeah. student captain that was you manning the train yeah and at first they said um you know, they saw her, you know, jump in front of the train. And then later on, they were deposed or something like that. And they changed their statement and basically yeah. said they neither. Well, one. statements are statements are tricky, like statements and people's memory and all that. Like there's been like a lot of evidence that that has been shown in a lot of different cases where people they they not might not necessarily intend on making conflicting statements, but it just tends that winds up being that way when they start asking them about the case, like uh, a month later or something like that. Cause people's memories aren't always the best. Uh, but it's still one of those things where that's why a lot of testimonials aren't always considered to be the best evidence. I, I for instance, the the supposed uh, proof that it was foul play that they try to throw out there in this uh, episode that there was this guy who's a manager at a convenience store and he overheard some of his employees talk about something that tied into this case about Tiffany and how the these two boys were involved in something where someone they knew. Uh, intimidated her, like took caused her to take her clothes off at gunpoint or something. And then they were uh, interviewed by police later, and they didn't they denied anything. They didn't even say anything that was even close to to uh, what the manager was saying he heard. So that's not much concrete evidence at all to me for foul play because it's just he he said she said stuff that that 
you, you can't convict a case with. You can't really do much with that at all other than speculate, which is honestly what this, this whole episode was. It was just speculation from Tiffany's mom and, and her husband and the uncle and speculation from Tiffany's uh, lawyer or the medical examiner and nothing really that concrete. And I know there's a lot of episodes in the show where that kind of happens, but it's even more evident and glaring when it's like almost an hour. Yeah. I don't know how they managed to like, I don't know how they managed to, to stretch this one out for an hour, but it definitely like, and of course they try to do the stuff where Tiffany had a bunch of short term and long term plans of the future. She was going to go to the great adventure park the next day. She was going to pick up a kitten. There was a graduation going away party. She was going to college. This is not the profile of somebody who wanted to take their own life, but we've seen in a lot of suicide cases that, this is not the case. There are a lot of instances where people commit suicide when they have all these plans. They seem like they're happy. They seem like they love their life and they don't want to take it. I, so, knew, I knew someone who committed suicide and he definitely did not act like he loved his life. <laughs> and yeah, and I know there's that too. So, but... To, to have this opinion of suicide that you have to make it visible right. and so on, that's I, so damaging no, and destructive. And I don't like that this episode and other episodes that deal with this kind of stuff, they, they push that narrative. That's not a narrative I think that people should keep pushing when it comes to suicide. I think it's just uh, it adds to the incredulity of the parents of like... Uh-huh how how could this like you know how could you call this a suicide when like literally you know x y and z was going on but i mean they you know they they really could have gotten a little bit more into like okay so she's taking her friend's credit card and using it to spend money and her friend's not happy about it her friend drives up into their driveway and is like yelling at uh tiffany and her parents I guess catch wind of it and her friend drives away and the her parents are like you know are you sp- using your friend's card to buy shit and she's like yeah I am and they're like you know why'd you do that we didn't raise you that way and that's when she kind of like stormed off or whatever and yeah it's like and they- she was alone with her thoughts and she was already dealing with a lot and uh, a lot more than what this this uh, uh, episode tells you, by the way. Yeah, you said you had some extra stuff on that? I do, for sure. Um, But I'll mention this real quick. Uh, One more thing about Tiffany's family, that they questioned the investigation because there were no family members that were interviewed. That doesn't always happen in investigations. Uh, There's no psychological autopsy that was conducted to bolster or refute a suicide theory. Um, probably because some of the people involved with this case didn't want to talk. Uh, no rape kit was done. I mentioned why that didn't happen. And here, here's some extra bits of information that were left out from uh, the, the episode. So there was some overlooked key evidence that could have proven that she was murdered that they mentioned. Uh, 
one of uh, this one of these bits of evidence was uh, a potential murder weapon, actually. Uh, according to NewJersey.com, an axe that was covered with red markings was found near the site where Tiffany's body was found. Tiffany's family and friends hoped that forensic analysis might prove the red markings were blood and the blood might match Tiffany's DNA. Unfortunately, the axe somehow went missing while in storage before it could be tested to see if it was connected to any crime, much less Tiffany's death specifically. Uh, I don't think that's like the smoking gun. I don't really buy that that's a murder weapon. Why are you going to leave a murder weapon at the crime scene? And also, they would have found axe marks. They would have found something on what was left of her body to really show that an axe was used in such a way. Like, an axe leaves a very visible and very clear mark on on the human body. So, I I don't buy that the axe had anything to do with anything. It was just a coincidence that was found near the site. Uh, Now, this stuff, though. Tiffany, she not only stole money from her friend, but she also stole money from her parents. She stole money from her parents' bank accounts a few months before her death. Uh, Despite this, her mother defended Tiffany from her friend's accusations of being a thief. Uh, The Netflix uh, episode doesn't show that that the depositions revealed that Tiffany's parents had given her their credit card and that her mother specifically cited that as proof that Tiffany had no reason to steal from anyone. Uh, this one in particular is a bombshell. Child Protective Services visited the Valiente home repeatedly. So the Netflix series does not mention that Tiffany's mother, Diane Valiente, reportedly admitted to having punched Tiffany once in the arm during an argument. The two both entered into therapy based on that recommendation from their CPS caseworker. It should be noted that the therapist was satisfied with Tiffany and Di- that Tiffany and Diane had a stable relationship despite having serious trouble communicating and Tiffany apparently lashing out at her parents by stealing from them. It should also be noted that Tiffany specifically told her therapist that she was not depressed nor suicidal. But that doesn't necessarily mean anything because a lot of suicides tend to be a spur of, mom- of the moment kind of thing. Where they could go to therapy, they could say something to a therapist and be like, I'm not suicidal, but then something happens, like a cycle of of events that happened one after another, and then suicide then becomes an option in their mind. You You know the kind of shit that they can do to you if you tell them that you feel suicidal? Like they, they can put you in an, an in an institution. Yeah, they can Baker Act you. They can exactly. They can keep you indefinitely. So yes, anybody who has a brain in their head, they're not going to be like, oh yeah, I'm feeling suicidal. I wish I could die right now. Yeah, it's like no one's going to say that. No, and they're right. That's mind. another thing. But the fact that CPS was was at the home repeatedly that raises a red flag. Yeah, and really. that honestly really puts a lot of clouds over tiffany's mom's crusade so to speak and her mom to, to, her mom was like just like doting on her like the whole like episode yeah. like which i mean she has a shrine for her dead daughter uh-huh or, or which, and, i mean i get it and all that but like for someone well, i get who, that someone, as well for someone who like punched your daughter in an argument like yeah you sure are kind of overcompensating right now uh-huh yeah, when I found that out, I'm like, you beat your kid. <laughs> yeah. 
Don't like, be talking about this. Oh, everything was fine, and she was loving life, and I gave her, you know, the best, and da 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 da. da. You beat her. <laughs> and it also, to me, it also doesn't seem like they really like. I mean, and they could just be playing this up for the camera, but it seemed like they didn't give two shits that she was a lesbian or whatever, or questioning her sexuality. No, they didn't mention that a lot, uh, but if you kind of pick up on the body language of the mom when she mentions her girlfriend, like it didn't seem like she was too happy about having to admit that. I didn't, and, catch, I didn't really catch any body language from her at all. She just, well, it was just, it. it was just her tone of voice, at least to me personally. I know there's a few other people that kind of caught that, but they might've been looking into things a little bit much once they found out. I mean, I, I was a little she, caught off guard she, when she beat her, uh, her daughter. I was a little caught off guard whenever they're talking, you know, because normally they don't like they don't really have like. uh, I don't know, like they they uh, in the past, I feel like Unsolved Mysteries always just kind of got that out of the way from the from the beginning. Mm -hmm. So like because I don't know, maybe it's pertinent information, like if it's a hate crime or something like that. But they just kind of like they just kind of throw it in there out of nowhere. Like, you know, well, she had just broken up with her. And I'm expecting to hear boyfriend, girlfriend, you know, yada, yada, yeah. yada. And I'm like, whoa, hey, uh-huh. you could have mentioned that. I mean, that that's not nothing, you know, I mean, no, like, people. But who- I also feel that, you know, that breakup, even though the text messages say one thing, that doesn't necessarily mean that in her mind, everything was OK. So coupled, you know, she's feeling guilty because she stole from her friend. Uh, I don't know if it's the same girl. Could potentially be that and that might be why the breakup happened to begin with is because of the fact that she found out that she was stealing from her then you have uh the whole history of her mom you know being uh, either verbally abusive or physically abusive maybe they were patching things up but we don't necessarily know what happened before she stormed off knowing that the mom already has a track record of hitting her daughter Maybe she did it again. And that's why her daughter decided to go for a walk or her daughter just wanted to get away from just all this stress that was going on. Just dealing with a breakup. Her parents are yelling at her. They're mad at her. Uh, And uh, she decided to go for a walk. She was alone. It was dark. She probably was in a dark place in her mind. And I think it was just one of those spur of the moment things like a lot of other suicides tend to be where it was like, I, I don't want to deal with this anymore. And just stepped in front of the train. I mean, to be to be honest with you, my my take on it is both scenarios are crazy. Like how she ended up mutilated on a train track is it really is an unsolved mystery because I think it's a little absurd that she would just decide to kill herself because she did have all that shit coming up and all that and, and i really i don't think i don't think it's that absurd at all i think it's i think it's slightly absurd that she would have just been like okay they're angry at me for you know like suicide really like i don't well, know it just it just depends on what's going what the, the individual like there are proven instances of suicide where that kind of scenario has played out exactly that way another option is accidental I mean, uh, I, like okay. when trains go by, you know, they said the train was going like 80 miles an hour. There are instances where people have gotten sucked up 
in the wash of the train going by and they wind up getting ran over by the train. So that's a potential option as well because of the fact that it was at night and probably couldn't see uh, that well. I don't think that happened. It was it was in, I, it was in such a remote area. I doubt she would have walked in the darkness. Like, she was already walking in the darkness. Yeah, but along the street is one thing. Like she di- wasn't walking along the street. She was walking along the train tracks. She ended up at the train tracks. She, there, she, there's also evidence that it seems like she was walking around that area. All we know is that she's in that deer cam in the, their front yard walking away, and mm-hmm. that's uh, and then she ends up at the train tracks. We don't know that she was walking. Well, they did the have a tracks. canine, because that's another bit of evidence, is that the, the police did do a canine. They had a canine unit uh, uh, follow Tiffany's path. To turn to see if they could turn up any clues, and uh, the canine unit round, wound up directly at where her body was found. But then, of course, the report—not the reporter—the the the mother's um, lawyer is saying like, "Oh, canines—they're notoriously unreliable," and so on. Which that that can be the case, but I don't think that's something that is just completely. If they're notoriously uh, unreliable, then why are they even used so much? Yeah, yeah, because he, he's basically saying that canines are used for tracking specific scents such as drugs or bombs. They're not really uh, that reliable when it comes to, you know, human sense, which I don't necessarily buy that because there have been instances when in missing persons cases where canine units are used to see if they can find a missing person. And that has been successful in the past. So I don't think it's something you completely throw out, if you ask me. And that is something that was left out of uh, the the episode as well, so, is the, so the canine me, unit. Me riding the fence here and poo-pooing the uh, suicide scenario, I'm also poo-pooing the idea that she leaves her house at like 9.28 p.m. in a small town walks for like i don't i mean how long was it between her it was almost two miles yeah no but like how long was it between her walking away and them like texting her being like where i don't remember how how long the time period was i don't know if they even established that they just said that they eventually did text her Uh now now the whole thing with her phone being left behind i that doesn't really necessarily mean that uh it it was foul play or there was something involving somebody grabbing her because there are instances of suicides where they leave their phone behind. She could have just thrown it down out of anger, like fuck yeah. all you people trying to get exactly. in touch with me. I'm being all sassy yeah. and yeah, yada yada yada. Although she didn't, mm-hmm. she didn't seem to have that kind of personality from the video. What, what little videos they showed. We only have a little bit of video, uh, so we don't know. We don't know anything. So that's what I'm saying. Like both scenarios to me just don't seem very likely. And I mean, if you're gonna fucking kill yourself, what you think? You, you think it's actually foul play? Like that sounds likely to you? No, I'm saying I don't. I, I think both scenarios. It's like when I get in, uh, in uh, discussions with uh, my atheist friends, or uh, my, uh, you know, and we start talking about you know, I'm like, yeah, creationism. That sounds absurd, but so does the Big Bang theory. Okay. Yeah. So it's like I'm just I, on this one. I'm just literally in the middle. Like I have. I, I think they both sound 
unlikely. Um, I think it was. I think it, it, it's a very plausible suicide. And, and I mean, if God, that, that's if, that's my thought. If you're gonna kill it yourself, like, and you're like a young lady, like usually they do it in like they're they're cutting or they're oh, swallowing. She was cutting. There, uh, there, there's that bit of information that's left out as well. Oh, she was, okay. she was confirmed well, to be that, self-harmed. Well, that is a huge detail to leave out to uh, get away from the su- the suicide narrative. Yeah, they were not uh, the producers for this episode. They didn't interview a lot of her, any of her friends, uh, whoever uh, I think have. Um, talked about this little bit of information and interview any of her sisters. So yeah, it, it was, there were other articles yeah, online. I thought it was weird that, that the, sis- the sisters were like mysteriously absent from the entire show. There's one sister that believes that it was foul play, but I don't know about the other one, but the, the friends weren't, weren't talked to. And the friend, I think that's where the, the, the self harm thing comes from is is uh the one of the friends kind of came out and talked about it and uh they were never contacted by by the show um this is why this whole narrative that they built for this episode pisses me off i just got because they left out so many things they were just adamant that it could not possibly possibly be suicide and they did everything that they could to discount, to discredit the theory of suicide, to, to prop up this idea that there's this mystery when there there really isn't much there other than the shoes and the headband that were miles away. And that was really about it. There that- was more evidence that suggested that it was just a suicide. Honestly, like learn you mentioning the self harm thing, like that kind of sways my opinion a little bit to the suicide. Mm-hmm. And then, but the, the one thing I, I guess that, that boggles my mind is like by train, you're gonna you're gonna jump in front of a fucking it's a train. It's a, it's a spur of a moment of the moment thing. Like she's just walking around at night near the train tracks by herself, alone, deep in her thoughts and the train comes by and she's just all right i'm gonna do it now there was this case i heard about it wasn't on unsolved mysteries or anything it was like i don't know what show it was on it this girl was like 16 or 17 or whatever she was like you know miss prom whatever just you mm-hmm. know attractive lady you know i that, i don't think i'm allowed to call a 16 or 17 year old girl attractive but she was pretty you know i Okay. Just, just like I call my niece pretty. My, I have a very beautiful niece. This this girl was uh, very attractive. Pretty. It's not awkward at all, Josh. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying. I'm I'm trying to make a point here. I'm going to bring it back. I'm going to bring it back. There's a reason why I'm saying all this. Anyway. Um, <laughs> anyway, she um, her boyfriend like breaks up with her over like text message, and she was so distraught in that moment. That she just like went and got, uh, it was either her brother's gun or someone's, her dad's gun, and she like turned it on herself and shot herself in the face. Mm-hmm. But she didn't die. Yeah, and she yeah. had to, she had to go through 
all this reconstructive mm-hmm. facial reconstructive surgery and like her face looked completely like all of her looks and everything just yeah. gone it just it's an just, impulse yeah, it's an then, impulse and that's thing. what she was saying she's she and like her she, she talked like this now for some because i think something like in her mouth still doesn't mm-hmm. work or, like her she just looks nothing like 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 she used to i mean she looks like a medical monstrosity yeah. gone awry but uh she was basically just saying like it was impulsive i regret it you know so much you know yada 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 like yeah. i'm so glad that i i survived it and uh-huh. said, you know, so it's like yeah you know i mean i i'm i don't hang out with you know people who do that kind i of stuff. mean that's why people decide i'm just gonna walk in front of this oncoming bus you know that kind of thing I know people who are, are, are impulsive and they like try a drug that they sh- yeah. that they've never done before and then there's you know, that. But as far as impulsive, and my impulsive of- is is just uh, buying things that are that are probably probably should not late at night. Oh, you know? I did that yesterday. Got <laughs> a new hat, a new new pair of shoes, and, uh, uh-huh. and some a nose ring. A good old late night uh, buying spree. Well, I'll go like months without spending money on myself, and, uh-huh. then, and then after like a couple months, I'm like, you know, what, fuck I, it. I can't even think of the last last month I've I've had where I didn't spend anything on myself. So, um, I'm I'm trying. I'm 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 in, in the process of recovery. The um, lines but get, lines get blurry with me because I'm paying all these fucking bills constantly. So I'm yeah, always, I'm always spending money, but you know, mm-hmm. anyway. But yeah, I I think you know that self harm bit that definitely should have been included. I I think they shouldn't have been as one sided. I think they should have done what other unsolved mystery well, segments have done in the past, where they they do provide you with both art- both options, both alternatives, and then let you make up your mind. There have been other unsolved mystery segments though that have had a specific agenda and have left out evidence to support that agenda, which is unfortunate. But yeah, and they did that in the original show too. Yes, that's what I was saying. That's what I said in the past. They did that in the original show, but it just sucks when you find out that's what they did, and it just just makes everything just very frustrating, especially with this case. Man, if only they had the budget they did back in the day to actually send some more R and D out and get some better mm-hmm. stories. Because if this is the if this is what they're opening the volume up with, then I don't have high hopes for no for the, the show going forward. This, this, to me, this is just a, a, a clear suicide. And the, the the mother doing this whole thing, this whole crusade of trying to find out who actually killed her daughter, is a way for her not to accept any guilt. For any potential things that she might have done to make her daughter think that suicide was an option, man, I can only I can only like hear the mom. I can see the mom in my mind right now, like hearing this podcast and being like, "That nerdy motherfucker doesn't even know me or anything about me," and he's saying this, that, and well, the other. Well, if there wasn't a shredded truth to it, then, you know, why was your daughter self-harming? Why, w- you know, why was CPS called? Why was all this stuff happening? And, just, and, and those, are like major, those are like major things that were like left out. Like they, they, they were they truly were trying to build a narrative. Yes. That this was not what the police said it was. Yes. 
And uh, that's 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 unfortunate because uh, that's not what the show used to be. Well, no. most of the time, that's not what it used like to I be. Like I said, there were occasions where they did that, but they didn't do that consistently week after week. They did try to have balance. And not only that, they fucking solved a lot of cases. Yes. So, you know. There's nothing to solve here. There, there's no evidence to, to really tie things to foul play or murder. There's no uh, reliable testimony from anyone when it comes to anything regarding uh, murder or anything of the of that sort. Even though those two boys who worked at the convenience store, like I, I don't buy that. I, I'm sorry, I just don't buy it. I don't buy that story. And you know, it's it's sad because um, we have had to stretch out. Uh, all that we have to say for the length of the actual episode. Yes. <laughs> because, like, this this in all probability, this episode, uh, this podcast could have been recorded in probably, like, tw- 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was just like, okay, these are the things that happened, you know, okay, maybe so. Oh, she was self-harming. Okay, probably suicide. I, my final statement is I'm still on the fence, but I'm leaning more towards suicide only uh-huh. only due to the method that she chose. I just feel, I just believe that's I don't I mean, out of statistically speaking, like suicide by train in, in the United States is so fucking like such a rare way. No, uh, it's, it's not a common thing. But think about the location she was at small town. Uh, the train tracks are right there. Uh, uh, she was walking alongside the train tracks. Train comes by or is on its way. She's already deep in her thoughts at that point and just decided on an impulse, I- I'm, I'm going to do it. And just walked right in front of the train and that was that. All right. I'm wanting to see. I'm trying to look up suicides by train, and <laughs> from in 2021. Yeah, that's dark, but that's 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 the truth of it, though. It's very dark, depressing, sad stuff. But what's equally as sad is stigmatizing suicide in, in ways like this. Okay, they where have, in in the UK, which I know isn't America, but okay, so that's how, a, how many Americans die by jumping on train tracks each year? Can you just give me a fucking number here, people? Uh, blah 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 blah. U.S. government considers tra- considers trespassers casualties. Yeah, that's another thing they kept calling her trespasser. Mm-hmm. You, if, if really, if I walk on the fucking track, I'm trespassing. Like, kiss my ass. Okay, here we go. Um, in response to a Freedom of Information Act request, the U.S. Department of Transportation's Federal Railroad Administration. Jesus Christ, that's a mouthful. Revealed revealed that some 3,687 lives have been lost as a result of trespasser strikes nationwide between 2012 and 2017. The data includes intentional deaths as well as accidental or inconclusive. Mm-hmm. So that's not in in what five years. And some they don't those... they don't they don't count the specific data. They don't give you the specific percentage of oh, okay. uh, so of these suicides. Strikes, of these strikes, 1,332 were officially deemed to be a suicide. That's in, a lot. In the span of five years. I don't know. To me, that's that's pretty uncommon. But 
Well, uncommon or not, like it doesn't mean that it doesn't happen. Mike, so. you don't got to get mad at me. Jeez. <laughs> I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at the way that the media and other people uh, uh, talk about suicide. That's what I'm mad about. Fair enough. Because I think it's high time that we stop stigmatizing you know, suicide in this way. Like, oh, there's no way that this could have happened. Uh, da, 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 da. Like, we need to be more open about it because there are clearly multiple instances where, no, there was a way. And that's more than likely what happened. And I think that's definitely the case with this. And it was irresponsible of the producers of Unsolved Mysteries, the the reboot series, to try to paint this case as some kind of unsolved, uh, mysterious murder when to me it was just it was honestly pretty much a clear case of suicide despite the fact that the investigators didn't necessarily do the best of uh best job when it comes to handling the case that alone doesn't mean that it's a murder uh yeah sure I, <laughs> whatever i'm I, I have literally nothing else to say about it um, i don't either uh i i'm 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 done I'm done talking about this case. Yeah, so we, uh, I guess, in the uh, coming weeks or whatever, we'll be... But I mean, if there's any evidence that does come up in the future that does refute the idea that it's just a clear suicide, I will absolutely walk back my statements. But until that does happen, no, I I think it was very irresponsible of of the show to do what they did with this episode. I think I'm it was, disappointed. I think it was I'm ir- disappointed in you. It was I think unsolved ir- mysteries. <laughs> it was irresponsible of them to uh, release such a lackluster episode in general. Again, I heart, definitely agree with that statement. Heart, heart goes well. out to the family, and I'm not talking about them specifically. I'm just saying how the, you know. Yep. So yeah, that's that's it. <laughs> that's all we got. Um, what are we at? Like. An, an hour that's fine mm-hmm. i gotta get start getting ready for my gig soon anyway um yeah all right so anyway if you want to keep up with us on uh social media you can do so you can join our fan group which a lot of people have been doing i feel like facebook is recommending the group to people who have no business joining an <laughs> un- unsolved mysteries podcast fan group that, that's but- another that's that's a trope for our podcast is is josh uh, pointing out that there's too many people who have no business being in the group. Well, I just <laughs> asking it, to be in the group. <laughs> it's annoying because, like, our band, um, like our our new song, the Audacity, um, it 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 somehow got on what I believe to be a botted playlist on Spotify, and mm-hmm. I'm pissed off about that because the, Spotify really frowns upon being on botted playlists because it basically it's like okay you're trying to game the system to like you know make your Uh make your band look like you're getting more streams than what you're actually getting so they kind of like low-key blacklist you from getting on spotify editorial playlists which are like it's a really big deal if you get on an official spotify playlist that you're gonna probably get like a lot a lot new organic listeners Uh so um it kind of annoys me when we get all these and I don't think they're bots. I think they're just people who 
you know, they just like joining Facebook groups and then they don't really contribute anything. I mean, if you look at the people who post in our group, it's it's still like the core people who listen to who actually listen to yeah. our podcast. It's like my YouTube channel. You know, there are certain subscribers that are not actual real people or they subscribe, but they don't really interact much. I mean, so a lot of the people that interact consistently on my channel are the people who have been with me. Yeah, it's like the same 50 so people or same uh-huh. 20 people or whatever. Yeah, I mean, that's how mine is, too. Like, it's like dependably, it's like the same like 20 people will comment on one of my yeah. videos. And then I'll get I'll get comments from people who just are stopping in for that one video. They watch. Or I'll get people saying, like, you suck or... Oh man! You know getting, this video is bad. I'm getting all the hate. Uh, apparently, the, my Rex Viper videos have gotten back into the algorithm somehow, and uh, <laughs> I'm getting all these new comments. And like they, they're just going after my fucking haircut, like something, of nothing, course. something fierce. Because at the time, I I had the front of my hair dyed mm-hmm. blonde. It was just I, I didn't have any color in it, and for some reason. They didn't. They never said anything about my hair when it was like blue or teal uh-huh. or green or any of those other colors. They only started ragging on my hair when it was blonde. I don't know why, but they're <laughs> like, "Oh, you know, the, the cringiest thing about this video is your haircut." <laughs> That's your funny. You're so original. Anyway, our Facebook group is Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries. Just search for that in the group section on Facebook and join our group. Answer some questions. Um, if you want to donate to us, donut. If you want to donate to us on Patreon, mm, donuts. <laughs> yeah. If you want to send us some donuts, um, Mike's address is. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, uh, just go to uh, Patreon. Type in "Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries." We get the podcast early to you um, when we can. I feel like I've been getting it like at least a day early. <laughs> so, uh, ideally, I wish I could do it earlier than that but baby steps josh baby steps honestly at this point you're just you're just kind of like supporting me like (laughs) financially because uh although if anyone has any suggestions on there for the five dollar tier you can um leave those suggestions and we'll cover whatever the fuck you uh tell us to cover within reason as long as it's not like a whole ass series the keepers um anyway uh we're also on youtube um my YouTube channel is kind of uh, catching up. Well, not catching up to yours, but it's like it's uh, it's getting getting closer to the, t- the ten thousand yeah subs. Uh, mark got a couple there. of decent you know videos to come out. I've gotten like a thousand views. I yeah. haven't had a video with a thousand views in a while, so which is fucking weird because when aren't you You're ahead like, of me? Aren't you at like twenty thousand or something? Yeah, it's just it is what it is. Like certain videos just don't do very well. I think you probably just got a lot of dead accounts. Yep, in there, you know. People like watching my streams with my friend, but, you know, kind of other than that, it has to be like a rant on some like new movie, like the most popular video I've uploaded recently. So like a 1.5 K views and it's on prey. It's so, so weird that you would have that many. I hope my account isn't like that. Like, I think you are just you have so many videos that are from so long ago and you have like all mm-hmm. these people who probably fucked around with YouTube. Yeah. Ten years ago, and then they just kind of fell off, and they yeah. don't even they don't even get on it anymore. And, he, and it's also incredibly hard to break break out when it comes to like doing video 
reviews of like movies and stuff because there's so many different competitors and so many different things. Who put it's like, hard. A lot of production value into it. Yeah, into it. exactly. But then I, some of them aren't necessarily better, if you ask me. Even though they put more production value and flash into it. I feel like your uh, because channel I'll, like works better as a podcast almost. Because, yeah, like, but really, I just I just can't. I I've tried that before, but people have flat out told me they 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 want me to to keep doing this style. Like if I'm going to do this style, they want to see me on camera. They don't want to just have like a picture and like audio. That's not how they. they Speaking wanna... of that, uh, Mike's channel is YouTube.com/slash/OCPcommunications. Did you tell you? Did you tell people what your channel was? Uh, well, I I always give them your channel first. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, it's YouTube.com/slash/OCPcommunications. By the way, folks, we put the links to all, to both of our channels in the description of all these podcasts. Uh-huh. So you can just click on it from there if you if yep. you can't if you can't decipher what I'm saying for whatever reason. Um, <laughs> so, Mike, what was the last video you did? Last video I did is I reviewed Hellraiser three. Uh, I'm currently reviewing the Hellraiser films. Uh, posted reviews of the first three Hellraiser uh, movies on my channel uh, recently. Uh, I am going to try to do sometime this month. I'm going to do videos on Hocus Pocus two and the monsters. So I'm hoping Hocus Pocus two. Not yet, but I've seen clips and it sounds like it's a piece of shit. That's a shame because I really like. There are certain lines of dialogue that are just carrying over the same cringe bullshit. Where we'll have a female character, and then we'll have the female characters talk about the patriarchy or some shit. And I'm like, oh my god, stop making it political. You're not brave anymore for doing that. Hocus Pocus is not a political fucking series. Leave your goddamn politics out of. Hocus Pocus. Just, just, just leave politics. Period. Out of films other than movies that specifically deal with politics. Yeah, really. How about that? I, I don't want to see your fucking agenda. I'm sick of it. Yeah, that shit does get really annoying because it's just like it doesn't make these characters more likable either. It makes these characters that are given these lines that n- no fucking. Teenager, whatever, like no teenage girl is gonna say, "Ah, I fight the patriot." Like that's not even fucking realistic. Who the fuck even talks like that in real life? Period. Bro, you you go up to your average Gen Z Z girl and you ask her what patriarchy even fucking means. (laughs) I'm not even gonna know. I don't know. Does it like TikTok? Is it on TikTok somehow? I don't know. Like (laughs) fucking. And I'm not, I mean, I'm not just saying, like, I'm just saying, like, kids like, in general. Is it a video game? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it takes place in, like, the 18th or the, the fucking mid-century or whatever. The, the, the patriarchy. It sounds like it takes place in the 1950s. <laughs> well, it did take place in the 1950s. Especially. Oh, I know, but. um. So, yeah, that's Mike's channel. Uh, Mike, what if I were to tell you that Hellraiser isn't a good movie? It isn't a good movie? It, it is not. I would not be too upset because I, I like Hellraiser, but I don't love it. And specifically Hellbound, I just thought was pretty average. I watched and the first one and I could barely re- re- tell you what it was even about because it was so boring to me. Uh, it's one of those films that definitely required taste. I mean, um, I think Pinhead is the only thing that people like that. that, that set well, that no, up. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of Hellraiser fans that are mad 
they're just triggered that the franchise decided to focus on Pinhead after the second movie. They're like that. That was when the franchise died for them. There was a lot of other cool, um, like monsters. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, the they- Cenobites. Yeah. See, that's the thing about Hellraiser. It, it's an aesthetic. Yeah. And I think that's the problem with some of these sequels is that the only way for it to continue on is to focus on Pinhead and the Cenobites. There was no way to make this a continuous franchise just focusing on aesthetics. I don't care what some of these Hellraiser fanboys or fangirls say. You can't make a successful franchise just based around purely aesthetics with Pinhead and the Cenobites hanging around in the background and showing up for like two or three scenes. That's not going to cut it. That would get incredibly old after a, a certain point. And it already did in the second film. If you didn't like the the first movie, try watching the second movie. <laughs> no, no, I will not be doing that. I've just The third film is a lot of fun, though. It's just crazy wild slasher carnage with Pinhead unleashed with a bunch of Cenobites just killing people and there's explosions and a guy with a CD player in his face shooting at people. Yeah, it's it's over the top, but it's enjoyable. I'm looking at a picture of like Hellraiser and this or the uh, Pinhead and the Cenobites or whatever, and uh, mm-hmm. it looks like the Smashing Pumpkins in like the late nineties. <laughs> <laughs> like that's kind of yeah. that was kind of their uh, their vibe. Yeah, that's cool. Um, all right, well, yeah, go and do that then. Um, my channel is uh, Dancing with Ghosts. That's YouTube.com/slash Dancing with Ghosts. And uh, Josh is ecstatic he's he's super happy because uh blink 182 is back but with the original so i did i did kind of did like a trilogy of blink 182 uh-huh. videos um the first one was me being like cool tom DeLong, the original guitar player slash founder slash uh co-lead vocalist is back in the band that's kind of a big fucking deal and then i see that they're coming to tampa july 10th and i'm like even better like they're kind of, they're like a bucket list band for me that i you know haven't seen yet mm-hmm. that i can fucking see and um, i did see that you saw weird al recently speaking of like oh concerts. yeah that was a great show that was amazing like he only awesome. played he only played his non uh direct parody stuff he um mm-hmm. he, he didn't play any of the hits which was totally fine with me and you know what i knew every single song that he fucking played um, I guess I'm that big of a Weird Al nerd. Like he was. Which ones did he play? Shit, he did Melanie. He did Larry. He did Young, Dumb, and Ugly. <laughs> he did um, uh, Dare to Be Stupid, but this like Calypso okay. acoustic version, which was pretty. Did you, cool. did you like? You don't love me anymore. <laughs> I wish. I I really wanted. I, I really, love that song. I really wanted that one. Um, I thought that was going to be the encore, dude. He didn't even do Albuquerque. Like, oh. what the fuck? How are you not going to do Albuquerque? Like, but um, yeah, he did. Um, got a funny feeling that you don't love me anymore. <laughs> yeah, he did. Um, one more minute, and he he did this. Oh, whole, that's a good one too. He did this whole story, like, and that was another cool thing because it was so um like more of an intimate experience like he would tell kind of little bits and pieces in between the songs and a lot of times i don't think it was they were true but they were funny nonetheless but he was saying one that was true and he was talking about on one more minute there's a line where he said i would rather clean all the bathrooms in grand central station with my Uh tongue 
Yeah. And he was going to be on some Dick Clark variety, Rockin' Summer, whatever. And uh-huh. they, they were actually going to be playing that song. And the censors said, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's great and all, but uh, we got this one little issue and it's the, the line, you know, clean all the bathrooms in Grand Central Station with my tongue. You know, so and he's like, well, you know, what do you want me to do about it? I, I, I can't change it, you know, uh-huh. and they're like, oh, it's it's fine, whatever, you know. So so he's thinking, like, what are they going to do to this song? So, you know, he, he they, they do the song. And then when he he goes and watches the performance, he's uh, it gets to the line. I'd rather clean all the bathrooms in Grand Central Station with my beep. <laughs> 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 So that was pretty funny. Um, yeah, that is funny. Yeah. Anyway, getting back to my YouTube channel, <laughs> Mike just derailed me with uh, an entertaining uh, yarn there. Um, yeah. So Tom DeLong joins the band. He's coming to fucking Jack. Uh, not Jackson. I wish um, Tampa. And I'm like, cool. I'm gonna go. Then I look on Ticketmaster. Prices on average are three hundred and thirty dollars just for nosebleeds. And if you want a seat on the floor, that's like, I mean, the price with the, the, the dynamic pricing. Fucking nerds. Um, the dynamic pricing that they got going on is just so ridiculous and unaffordable, and they're totally like milking. Did the, you still get a ticket? No. Well, because oh. a like. A, I got that weird driving phobia of driving long distances, so I'd need someone to go with me. And I don't know anyone who likes Blink-182 enough to pay. Well, first of all, I'm not going to – like, I saw there was one ticket. There was one floor ticket for 247 and if I was able to drive to Tampa all by myself and not have a panic attack, I would have just bought that ticket and went by my damn self. But uh, I don't got those kind of bulls, um, so I just – I don't know anyone who would be willing to pay that amount. Like my friend, my drummer and friend Trey wanted to go to Blink, but he ain't, he's not going to pay that, you know. So uh-huh. it's just kind of one of those things where it's like, well, you know, oh, well, I just can't see him live. I mean, in all fairness, Tom's vocals, like he's not good live. Like he's he's gotten really bad over the years. Uh-huh. Uh, he, I mean, but with that being said, my la- latest video I did was reviewing their latest song, Edging, which I thought was pretty good. Um, it was not it was not great, but I think it's pretty good. And Tom's, his voice has sounded fucking great on that song. Um, he changed the style of singing at some point in his career, and he just started singing in a completely different, like, timbre. And he, like, kind of, like, drug, drug out his words longer than they should have been and he overemphasized his kind of like southern california accent and now he's like kind of back not doing that anymore at least in this at least in the new song he wasn't and so i made a video about that and talked about how like okay this is a pretty good song you know like i can tell that tom he already like his songwriting is all over this song so and and that's what the band needed for the last two albums that he wasn't there they needed tom to complete the sound of of blink mm-hmm. um so i hope that matt skiba never returns uh so yeah join <laughs> subscribe to my channel on i talk about a bunch of other musical things that aren't blink 182 related um some ideas i have coming up are like i don't know i might do uh vocalists that are impossible to impersonate that was an idea because i was thinking about like i've never found a billy corgan smashing pumpkins impersonator 
Um, Has anyone impersonated Klaus Mine that well from Scorpions? I mean, he's like an 80s, like, hard rock singer. There's a lot of... But he's German, and it's a specific kind of, like... I mean, you don't really hear the accent that much in their music. I it mean, depends on it depends on what song you're listening to. They have that to. song "Still Loving You," where he's like, "Pride as build a wall, so yeah. strong I can't get through." And it's like, yeah, yeah. "Pride has build a wall." Like you yeah. can definitely hear the German accent there. I thought that was pretty cute, but um, I mean, he's I'm talking like vocalists like Billy Corgan or like Lane Staley from Alice in Chains. Just those really mm-hmm. unique yeah. voices that are like, oh, or, or like. Tom Waits, you know, only Tom Waits will ever sound uh-huh. like Tom Waits. Like, I don't know if you've ever. Well, I've, heard. I've heard people try to do Freddie Mercury, and I, I don't think I've ever heard one that. Oh, I've heard, I've heard some decent Freddie. Mercury decent ones, yeah, but his voice it 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 was unique to a certain degree, but not unique enough to where like, like for instance, if you had told me that the guys from Journey were going to be able to find a singer that sounds just like Steve Perry and he was going to be this Filipino guy, yeah. you know, I would have been like, yeah, right. Yeah, but, you know, they did. They, they they found one, yeah. They got Arnold Pineta yeah. and uh, motherfucker. When you, go, when you go see Journey, <laughs> when you go see fucking Journey live, I think a lot of people aren't really that bummed out because sure, he doesn't look anything like Steve Perry, but he sounds like Steve Perry in his prime. All right, because Steve Perry it, can't even sa- sound no. like Steve Perry anymore. No, he can't. Definitely not. He did like some solo thing, um, like a, a couple years ago, and and it it it, it bombed, and um, his voice had 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 got had just dropped so much. Like mm-hmm. he he didn't have the dynamic range that he used to. I I love hosting uh, these karaoke gigs and people try to take on a Journey song thinking they can even get close to Steve Perry. And, just and no, don't stop Steve, believing. How about just stop? Yeah, just stop. <laughs> Dude, even women who sign up for Don't Stop Believing, like they can't, they uh-huh. can't hit the notes. Like this motherfucker was a goddamn soprano almost. Well, it's, uh, Take On Me is another one that, you have to have a certain range or a certain ability to use your. Oh, you just have to have falsetto. Falsetto to use your falsetto well, but there's right, a lot give, of people who suck. Give me a shot. Take on me. I think I started in the wrong key. Take yeah. <laughs> on me. Take me on. I'll be gone in a day or two. Yeah, see, that's good. But I've heard people try, and they don't know how to use their falsetto well. And oh, it's I'm, just a disaster. I'm a master of And falsetto. I'm pretty sure you've heard that <laughs> in karaoke. Uh, yeah, that song's not <laughs> as common as you might yeah. think. Thank yeah. God. Um, Can you imagine that? People just trying to hit that note and just no, failing I, miserably. I, I, well, yes, I can't imagine that. And I also <laughs> know that I definitely need to start heading out to go host yet more curious All right. tonight. Yeah, and it's going to suck. And it's starting to get cold down here in Jacksonville. So. <laughs> sure, it's already well, cold it's, in it's Washington. It's just now starting to cool down a little bit over here in, in Washington. It's been like record uh heat wave in october 70 80 degrees uh to the point where it caused like a shit ton of fires so now there's like smoke in the air so yeah it's fun it's fun over here that sounds fun 
Alright guys, uh, that's the end of the podcast. Until next time, have a good rest of your life. Twinkle tits, goodbye. Twinkle tits? Okay, bye. (laughs)